Hello, and welcome back to the Pixel Brush Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Moffitt, and this week is going to be probably another shorter episode. Not a lot has happened since last episode. I also had some delays, had some real life things to deal with, was, uh, you know, moving around, traveling a little bit. So today we're going to talk about the MSI 2022 semifinals as well as the finals. Uh, I'm going to give a few of my early world's predictions for the four major regions. And we're also going to cover a few LPL roster changes because there were some that actually were really interesting and I think could shake up this the entire LPL. So in semis, we got to see EG face off against RNG. Uh, they did end up getting 3-0 swept. But I do think that they had a really great showing. Um, Jojo Pyun really held his own against Xiaohu, uh, as well as Impact. I think he got pretty exposed by Bin, but Bin was also playing a lot of comfort. Uh, they were refusing to ban Gwen, which I think Bin was an absolute monster on. Um, Inspired played very, very well, but Wei, I think, was on a mission to win another MSI. I was actually really underwhelmed with Wei throughout pretty much the entire tournament up until these best of fives. Um, but you could really see that RNG, they took advantage of their strong early game, uh, extremely intelligent drafting. And yeah, I think that Galaming is probably the best bot lane in the world right now, uh, especially they think they proved that in the finals, but we'll get to that in a second. Danny did have a pretty rough MSI. I, I'm not going to deny that, but I do think that he learned a ton in all of these experiences playing against these much better bot lanes. And hopefully we'll see some improved laning from him and Vulcan coming up in LCS Summer Split. LCS Summer, I think, is starting uh, next weekend. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited. I really hope that EG can make another international run. I have so much faith in their rookies and JoJo and Danny. I'm just, I'm so, so happy with this team and how they've built this roster in. Obviously, RNG, they were able to 3-0 sweep Evil Geniuses, but I think that nobody was really surprised that that was going to happen. Um, And I do, like I said, I do think that EG put up a really great fight. I don't think that it was a clean 3-0 sweep from RNG. There was definitely some pushback from Evil Geniuses, and I think they totally could have taken a game or two off of uh, the eventual MSI champions. But this actually sparked an interesting conversation on Twitter which uh, really got me thinking, is Xiaohu, who now has three MSI titles, is he one of the top five mid laners of all time? And honestly, I think I would agree with that. Uh, international titles do talk. I think ahead of him, I'd probably have Faker, Scout, and Rookie. And then maybe you can make an argument for Doombi. Uh, but I do think that Xiaohu has had more domestic success as well as international success than Doombi. Uh, but... I think also Ming should, without a doubt, be considered a top three support all time. Uh, it's probably him, Mako, and Mata. Uh, respect to Madlife as well, he's probably top five. And Karius is approaching that territory as well. He just needs an international title uh, below his belt. But Gala also uh, just proved that he is the best bot laner in the world. I think he heard everyone talking about Gumayusi and... Clearly, I think Gumayusi was a little bit overhyped, still a world-class player, still an absolute beast, but did get exposed a little bit. Now, to talk about the rest of T1, they did have a clean 3-0 sweep over G2 Esports. Uh, it wasn't very pretty from the side of G2. Uh, Caps kind of got Caps and Yankos kind of just got smacked around after being so, so strong. Uh, T1 definitely, I think, took this match pretty personally. It was very... 
emotional for them because they have been denied by G2 so many times in the past. And I think that Faker, every single international tournament that he's been to recently, he's ran into G2 and been denied by them or has beaten them. But this also bucks the trend of every single team that beats G2 internationally eventually goes on to win the whole thing. Thankfully, at least both G2 and T1, they're not going to panic after losing and make any kind of crazy roster changes. I didn't expect them to. These rosters and these franchises are pretty well ran. Uh, they have really great management and they understand that you need an entire year to build out a team to, ha to hope to have uh, international success on the world stage as opposed to MSI. I do personally believe, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, I do personally believe that world titles are much more important than an MSI title. Not not to, you know, dis disregard MSI titles. I do believe that they do hold a level of importance. But I do think that world titles mean so much more because, one, the tournament is much bigger. There's many more teams. There's more eyes on you as well. And the prize pool is much, much bigger. So T1, they did eventually go on to the finals where they faced off against RNG. And RNG actually did win. So sadly, Faker and the rest of the T1 boys were not able to hoist the MSI trophy in front of the crowd in Busan. So many great Busan library memes. Um, but I do think that there was some... Uh, I do think they did talk about it on Hotline League as to why they were not displaying the crowd sounds. It, it was a weird tournament because they weren't exactly in like a traditional esports arena or venue they were in some kind of like convention hall it looked like with just a ton of seats the announcers weren't even there in person it, it just seemed like a very very weird event on uh, rng they obviously due to the lockdown in uh, uh Shang shanghai they were able to play from home at the rng facility and i think the trophy that they actually hoisted in the video was there from their trophy last year all in all, I was overall pretty underwhelmed with this MSI. Obviously, there was a lot of great games, a lot of great plays. There, there always is going to be at international tournaments, but I didn't care too much about this MSI. I'm much more uh, looking forward to the summer splits for all of these major regions, for all the minor regions as well, all the ERLs, any amateur academy, everything. Um, I think that's going to be much more interesting i think that summer split is going to be very contentious and i think we're going to see a ton shaking up across the world now for my early on world's predictions uh obviously korea and china they're going to have four different representatives at worlds and eu and na will both have three so for na i do believe that team liquid cloud nine and evil geniuses will be the three teams to represent north america uh in at worlds which is actually going to be played in north america i think that's so awesome i'm going to try to make my way out to chase center for the finals but i do think that evil geniuses their rookies are going to be so so strong this upcoming summer they both leveled up so much uh, during the time in korea they are completely different players than they were walking in i think jojo is going to dominate all of these players and hopefully danny can pop off and they can uh, evolve their style as to revolve less around Danny just getting a hyper carry scaling uh, champion and just winning that way. Cloud9, they made some roster changes. I did talk about that in episode one, uh, but 
this could be weird. This could be a weird situation at the beginning of the LCS as uh, Fudge, I think, is expected to miss a few games due to COVID. He's recovering from COVID still. And Berserker is stuck in Korea because he lost his passport. So we might actually get to see some more Sven ADC and then probably Destiny uh, as his support. So I do think, though, that Cloud9, they've made enough roster changes to at least be a strong contender. And all that really matters truly is getting in the t into the playoffs. And then from there, they can they can, they can uh, run the gauntlet as they always seem to do. Team Liquid, I expect them to make the world make it to Worlds this year just because they have invested way too much in this roster to not make it to Worlds. And if they don't, then that is a travesty. And like I said before in episode one, this roster will be blown up if that is the case. Um, but other than that, I do think that NA is going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think the teams at the top of the table are very, very close. They all are very different stylistically and ideology-wise, but I think that these three will be able to push off the other two that I consider in the top five, which are 100 Thieves and FlyQuest. As for EU, I'm expecting G2, Fnatic, and Rogue to make it to Worlds later this summer. Uh, G2, they're still a very strong roster. They you know, came in third at World, or sorry, MSI just now. Uh, they're not making any roster changes. As long as the fans are in studio, they should be fine. Fnatic is a team that also, they've invested too much into this roster to not make it to Worlds. Uh, Wonder, Humanoid, those are big, big free agency acquisitions. And Razork is also a pretty big name. He may not be, you know, Elioia level good, but he's still a pretty damn good jungler. And Rogue, it pains me not to put Misfits or Mad Lions in that position, but Rogue is another team that they they keep coming just short of winning the LEC, but I'm sure that they're going to make it to Worlds, probably bomb out in groups again. It just seems pretty formulaic for Rogue at this point. They're kind of becoming a new... That's kind of becoming a meme, at least to me, because uh, Rogue has been so, so up and down over the past few years. The four teams that I expect to represent Korea at... Uh, worlds later this year is T1, Gen G, Damwon, and DRX. I'll go in reverse order this time. So DRX, I think, is the one team that is probably the fourth best. I think it's a pretty steep drop off after the top three, and honestly, the top two. I don't even think Damwon is that close to uh, T1 and Gen G. But DRX, they did have a strong spring split. Deft and Barrel is a great bot lane. Zika is a great mid. Uh, King Gen, I I think he probably is the is probably you know bottom two top laner in Korea right now. It would be insane if they they were the team to bring in Summit. I think that would be so so sick. Uh, but DRX probably the fourth best team. They're they're somebody that I can see just making it into groups and then bombing out from there because they're gonna get matched up probably with like EU one seed NA two seed or something like that. Um, damn one, they're getting Noguri back, which I'm so, so excited about. Noguri is my probably top or top three favorite player of all time after the shine, after impact. He is such a beast. He did take some time off, but I do know that he has been grinding solo queue the entire time while in Korea. It's not like he was sitting there doing nothing and he's joining his boys, Canyon and Showmaker once again. So I expect to see damn one on the top 
uh, of the table once again. And Gen G, they're going to run it back with the same roster. They ran into a lot of COVID issues over the over spring split, but I do think Chovy, Peanut, you know, Ruler, all of these guys, it's just it's an absurdly stacked lineup. They have to make worlds, and if they don't, I I would be completely surprised. It's the same thing with T1 as well. I'd be completely surprised if this team is not back in the at least LCK finals in summer split. They're too strong. Gumayusi and Karia are still that much better than every other bot lane, at least in Korea. And they're probably going to be on a tear because they're probably pissed off after getting exposed like that by RNG. So speaking of RNG, it's a little tricky to predict the LPL's four representatives at Worlds later this year because there's 18 teams. LPL is always so unpredictable. And at any given moment, I think that there are 10 different teams that can contend for a world title at any given moment. The four, though, that I'm expecting to make it to Worlds later this year are RNG, Victory 5, Top Esports, and Weibo Gaming. I don't, I didn't put that in any particular order, uh, but RNG, they're still really strong. Xiaohu, Galaming, their way, they're, they'll make it back to Worlds. I don't, I think it's pretty rare that RNG doesn't go international. Uh, V5, I was very upset that they bombed out in playoffs in the LPL. Um, Rookie, one of the GOATs. Karsa, one of the GOATs. They probably will make it back, but I could totally see them not in place of LNG because they also have a stacked lineup of Ale, Tarzan, Doombi, Light. And I do believe that they are going to run with Iwandi as opposed to Lumao. Um, Top Esports, this is going to be their meta. I could totally see Knight finally claiming his title. Uh... I could see him winning the whole damn thing, to be honest, but I do very much worry about Tian, who is very up and down, and I don't think that his backup Xiaopeng, 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 uh, I don't think that he's exactly a world-class player yet, and then Weibo Gaming, this might be a little favoritism, I love so many players on this roster, SOFM, The Shy, uh, Angel, Huanfeng, They're, this lineup is so good. It would be a shame to not see them on the world stage, but I could totally see EDG taking their place. I could see, in I can't see Invictus Gaming. They're a poverty franchise, and that breaks my heart. I, I, I used to be a huge Invictus Gaming fan, but I do think that the LPL is going to be the most fun region to watch this upcoming summer split. I probably am going to say that every single year. I think the LPL is just the most exciting form of League of Legends in the world. It's so bloody, it's so violent, it's they are so aggressive, they love to fight, they love to skill check you, and that's exactly the way I like to play. I don't really care to watch these methodical, okay, now we need to play off of the timers and da-da-da-da-da, you know. I just want to see fights, I want to see action, I want to see people outplaying each other, and I love that that's how China loves to play. And like I mentioned, uh, the LPL, they did have a few roster changes this mini offseason. Uh, Uzi-Ai, he will be leaving Billy Billy Gaming, which does make me sad. Uh, it was awesome to have Uzi back in the scene, but obviously it didn't work out. And he didn't get to play a ton. He also, when he did play, it wasn't the same guy. I mean, b- being out of pro for that long and, and dealing with the injuries he has, uh, obviously make that pretty hard to make a comeback. I don't think he's expected to be on any rosters in summer. I don't even expect him to go to pro anymore. 
It was recently announced that his fiance is pregnant. So congratulations to Uzi. I can't wait to see um I can't wait to see his kid one day playing on the world stage as well. Uh there was a great post about doing B and Uzi do Uzi like he joked about that how Doon B should have a kid as well so that their kids could be on the same team together. And Doon B was like, nah, it's a little too early for me. Um, but another roster change that happened is that Gory is out of FPX and he's headed over to PSG Talon, who got rid of their mid jungle, uh, who were both extremely disappointing at MSI. But Gory out of FPX, he was pretty underwhelming after a pretty great summer split in lck in 2021 uh, but i think that psg is going to be a nice fit for him because they do enjoy their korean mids so gory also out of fpx is opens up their mid lane position which means care is going to be promoted there as well as a import slot so there has been a ton of rumors that summit could potentially be going to fpx but it hasn't been officially announced Right now on the roster, he's not listed, but I could see that coming within the next few weeks. Obviously, you know, there's got to be some visa issues, probably stuff like that. So, but FPX Summit would be super sick to watch. Uh, as well as another FPX roster move, uh, their backup jungler, Beishang, Beishang, Beishang. Uh, I, I'm always going to say their names like a billion times if I don't. 100% know how to pronounce it. He has been sold from FPX to Team Wee, uh, WE. I think that's a good move. I really like Beishang before Khalid came over from uh, Korea. I think Beishang was very, very strong. I think he paired up pretty well with Gori, all things considered. Uh, another roster move that's happening is that Decade has been promoted from the LDL to back up the Shy. A lot of people don't probably won't think that this is a crazy roster move, but I do like De Decade. I have heard a few good things about him in the LDL. I don't expect him to get any playing time. Um, this is probably just like a COVID insurance move or something like that. Or maybe the Shy is like still in Korea, can't get back to China in time or something. So I could see him playing the first few games of Summer Split. And then the biggest roster move that happened, I believe, is that Bin and Breathe were swapped from Billy Billy Gaming and RNG, uh, which is just so funny to me because Bin literally just won MSI with RNG, and Breathe was, albeit pretty, pretty disappointing, at least to me, in Spring Split. He was one of my favorite players in the LPL, and he just didn't live up to what I expected him to. But this roster move does make sense because. Bin and Breathe were both uh, targeted by Billy Billy and RNG this offseason, but they ended up going to the opposite team. So Bin, I think, will pair up pretty nicely with Weiwei, Fofo, uh, Doggo, and Crisp. Um, Bin is also just a great player, and I think that they really wanted to play through the top side on that team, which, you know, is kind of interesting to me. And Breathe is not that kind of player. Well, RNG, they want to play through Gala Ming, they want to play through bot side, and Breathe is definitely a weak side warrior, a weak side king. So I think this roster move, now despite like, you know, I really like, I did like Bin on RNG, and I did like Breathe in the Billy Billy um, jersey. I do think that this roster move is going to pay off dividends for both teams, they're both going to be pretty strong, and both of the players are going to enjoy uh, playing on their new teams. But... 
yeah, LPL should be pretty awesome this year. A lot of great young players. I think Knight and the rest of TES, this is going to be their meta. Um, and yeah, this is going to be a great summer split. So that's going to wrap up episode three of the Pixel Brush podcast. Uh, sorry that this episode was pretty short. Um, there wasn't a ton that's happened since the last one besides MSI finals and semis. I did my best to find as much news about the LPL's mini offseason. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Jordan Moffitt, and I'll catch you guys next time.